WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of this diversity and not the view of WFNU or FTI as a whole. This is the ADAPT revolution. Say it with me, Beth. What? Say it with me. This, this is the ADAPT, ADAPT revolution. revolution. We want to um, first and foremost acknowledge that we are on the ancestral lands of the Anishinaabe and Dakota people in what is also known as Minnesota, and uh, affectionately known to us as the Twin Cities in large part uh, for the roots of this show um, at this moment in time. So welcome all to the ADAPT revolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 16th episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism, where the D word is disability. Tonight, our guest is Rachel Dion Thunder, one of the co-founders of the Indigenous Protector Movement and a self-proclaimed AIM baby. We'll talk to Rachel about her work in community and what you can do to get involved in the movement for Native Lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 16th episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism, where the D word is disability. Tonight, we've got a special guest with us, Rachel Dion Thunder. 
And I'm going to go ahead and let Rachel introduce herself, and then we'll get into some questions. Ponce, Rachel Thunder. So I just said hello. And uh, thank you to our hosts, and thank you to everybody that's listening. Uh, my name is Rachel Dion Thunder. I am Plains Cree Treaty 8, Big Stone Cree Nation, and currently residing here in South Minneapolis. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you yeah. for being here. Yeah, of course. Um, I think some of my affiliations, I am what someone call an AIM baby from the American Indian movement. My family has been in involved in AIM um, my whole life. And I'm also one of the co-founders of the Indigenous Protector Movement, um, which is a non-for-profit here in South Minneapolis based around um, Indigenous-led community action. And we can talk a little bit more about um, some of the things that we do later. And um, just big community advocate love community spend time in community um and then kind of just uh on the side i do a lot of freelance uh grant writing so, oh wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. awesome um so we wanted to have you on the show um i know that you and beth met around um you were both at uh the national march uh recently to free leonard peltier mm -hmm. and um so I was wondering if you want to talk a little bit about um, how activism and especially being an AIM baby, how that um, play, has played into your life and how that has sort of shaped, um, you know, community for you, um, just to give people kind of a window into, um, you know, uh, Indigenous community-led um, projects and work and community um, from your perspective. Right. So, um, you know, the American Indian Movement was formally founded in 1968 here in Minneapolis to combat police brutality um, and under a, a renewal of traditional spirituality um, within our communities. So just for some perspective, it actually was illegal for our traditional ceremonies and songs and practices um, until 1978, until the Native American Religious, Fru Religious Freedom Act was passed. Um, so <clears throat> AIM, the American Indian Movement, is first and foremost a spiritual movement. And all of our diverse tribes and nations you know there's over 570 um, federally recognized tribes in the united states all have unique cultural ceremonial language protocols all of these things that are unique to those people and to that tribe and to that culture and what aim did was made it okay to be an indian again made it okay to be native, made it okay to be indigenous, to be red and proud, you know, and not to have um, so much impact from the forced assimilation from the colonial governments of the United States and Canada and South America. So <clears throat> for me, this um, this work that we do today 
you know, whether it's community work or through our non-for-profit or, you know, just showing up when somebody calls, um, all of that is grounded in traditional beliefs and protocols and teachings that have been passed down to us. And that cultural viewpoint or that cultural lens, those protocols, those cultures, those understandings can only come from indigenous people. And so when there's indigenous issues on the on the forefront, then we feel that those those actions and those efforts need to be led by indigenous people, indigenous stories and indigenous voices. So a lot of the work that we do through the indigenous protector movement is elevating those voices and those stories and making sure that community actions, community events, community issues are led by indigenous community members. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that, that, that lens that AIM brought, that renewal of spirituality, that making it okay to be Indian again, making it safe to be native again, um, a lot of that carries over to the work that we do today. That's awesome. It's real awesome. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about um, colonialism and even down to the level of um, the popular names for places and things like that, um, I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit for our listeners about what it means to... Um, to live in a kind of a decolonized mindset or um, can you talk a little bit about um, just movements for decolonization and um, the land back movement and things like that a little bit um, from your perspective um, at, just to help bring community into that a little bit um, if they're not connected to those um, to those life ways at this point yeah and and you know there's there's like a broad kind of definition or movement to decolonization and land, land back. And then there's more of like um, a micro lens on it too. Like, and you can get into like very specific examples. So it kind of depends on um, how you want to look at it or, and it depends on who you talk to, you know, um, two, two different people or two different entities could have different, um perspectives on both of those topics but <clears throat> for me personally when you're talking about decolonization when you talk about land back no matter where you are in what we are now calling or what is now known as the united states canada and south america there is an indigenous peoples or nation that that is their homelands anywhere you go is native land anywhere you go is stolen land unless you're literally on standing on sovereign sovereign land like a, a reservation or something like that mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so for me like something that i always tell people who are kind of like freshly investigating or educating themselves on these topics the first thing that you should do is say, okay, where do I live? Yeah. Whose homelands are these? Yeah. 
who who are they where are they now are they here were they relocated somewhere else Mm-hmm. why are they here or why are they not here what is the history and then start with those people and say like if you you know after educating with yourself with all of that then look into like what those people are doing today what are some of their issues and their struggles and their things that they're asking for and then you can ask yourself how can I be a part of that yeah. And so it's different depending on where you're, where you're located, what, what issues are being faced then. But then there's also <clears throat> these overarching issues that um, all, or I would say most, if not all of our communities are facing, um, you know, and we can get more into this later, but like um, active addiction, um, MMIW, Um, environmental issues environmental injustice issues a lot of those are like overarching issues that face most if not all of our people and our nations and our tribes Um, and then land back you know land back is kind of going off of that no matter where you go you're on stolen land that that was somebody's homelands somebody's home it wasn't just like some pristine vacant area that was just ripe for the picking which is usually how christianity portrays it um that that it justifies there you know that that genocide didn't happen that that didn't happen because there was actually nobody there um then you know land back can be there's differences and there's rule land back there's urban land back which is kind of like a newer thing that's been happening Mm. um land back can be indigenous people you know having um control over or or, um management decisions over what happens with land because um if you go back to our teachings there's really no true ownership of land you know, and that was kind of an issue that came up in the understanding that our people had when they were signing treaties, because they didn't understand that concept of ownership. Like, how can you own the earth, right? And so the way that those treaties were written, the United States government with the with the crown, um, people didn't, they didn't understand what they were signing over. Um, and so sometimes land back can be like, um, you know, like in state and federal parks, it can be, um, helping to manage those lands. It can be, um, tribes, nations purchasing land back. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be, you know, sometimes there might be like an individual or family that, um, donate land back. It can be cities and municipalities um, giving land back to tribes and nations. Like we've seen some instances of that here in, in South Minneapolis. Um, uh, so there's just, it just depends. There's various, various forms to various levels. It can be thousands of acres being purchased by a tribe or it can be one city lot, you know, that's being 
return back to a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. That's so important. Mm -hmm. Would you like to talk a little bit more about your work with the um indigenous protectors? <clears throat> Yeah, so the Indigenous Protector Movement is a new organization. I'm one of the co-founders. So it's myself, uh, Vinny Dion, who's my husband, Nick Estes. So he's a professor over at the U in Indian Studies. Jolene Jones, um, a community member, lifelong community member here in South Minneapolis. And Crow Belcourt, who's the son of Clyde Belcourt. Yeah. Um, who was one of the co-founders of the American Indian movement here in Minneapolis. And so we're all co-founders of this organization that how we view it is like a continuation of the movement. Um, not that we're replacing the movement. The movement is very much still alive, the American Indian movement, but a continuation or a facet of it um, that um, we can operate, you know, initiatives and get funding and be able to give back to community. And so the main the main mission of the Indigenous Protector Movement is to <clears throat> is to support Indigenous led community action and national action and to support building that network locally um, at the state level and nationally for Indigenous issues. And so when you hear action, you know, a lot of things pop into your mind. You can think like a rally or a protest, which are things that we are very much a part of. But action can be a lot of things. Action can be a prayer walk. You know, action can be a community feast. Action can be a, um, a youth program. So <clears throat> action is just the act of doing something. You're taking action. Um, and our organization, we want to be able to support any and all actions and not have to wait on um, resources from other entities. We want to have those resources at the ready that we can rapidly respond as community needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so a lot of, you know, that can be a lot of different things. Like um, we want to focus a lot on community safety. Um, we want community to be safe. We want our elders to be safe. We want our women and children to be safe. We don't want people um, to feel unsafe in their own community. Uh, we want to promote and ensure safe access to ceremony and traditions that people feel comfortable going to. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of different things that we're looking at getting involved in. We're just getting ready to open our office uh, off of Franklin Avenue. We're going to be Great. in the second story of the ancient traders building right above Maria's. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. where our office is going to be. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Very awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we have this space at the artery and, um, well, we call it the artery and yeah. uh, it's at yeah. the Ivy building for the arts in the Seward neighborhood um, on 27th and 27th. And um, we would love to um, work with you all and yes. um, offer our space for um, different things that you're doing. Like I said, we have the mm -hmm. stage, um, you know, we have comfortable seating. It's very yes. accessible. <laughs> um, 
we have ramps for our stage and everything too. Um, so that that part is uh, something that we really uh, value in our space is that it is accessible. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I guess going to um, the topic of accessibility, um, where has um, disability and, um, you know, disabled people, where have they kind of come into your work <clears throat> and community and how do you hold, how do you hold the um, like disability issues or issues with elders in the work that you're doing um, in the community? Um, so in our, you know, in, in native community, our communities are very kind. Um, <clears throat> our communities are always very giving. Um, sometimes one could argue enabling, especially with active addiction um, circumstances, but we always take care of our people and we always take care of each other. Um, I know one thing that like my husband, Benny, every single week, he drives elders every Wednesday. Um, he picks them up at the elders building. It's part of the work that he does for AICDC, the American Indian corporate, uh, American Indian community development corporation, AICDC. Oh. Um, every Wednesday he drives his bus over to the elders building and picks them all up and takes them shopping, you know, so they can get groceries and go to the store and brings them back home and helps them unload everything. So you know, we always make space and make time for our elders. It's it's ingrained in our in our culture and our traditions and our protocols and how we carry ourselves in our day to day lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, is there anything um that you would like to invite people to get involved with? Um that you guys have going on on a regular basis or um, or something that's coming up um, that you'd like people to know about? So every Wednesday we have, there's drum and dance practice um, at Bedote. And that's uh, from six to 7.30 <clears throat> at Bedote uh, Academy here in south minneapolis so come bring the kids come practice awesome. um there's usually two drums uh, so uh that's every week and then uh right now one of the issues that we're facing here in community is the continued allowing of of toxic pollution in the community and so um, we're actually, a couple of us, our co-founders are speaking tomorrow at a rally okay. in front of Smith Foundry in Bituminous Roadways. Um, the EPA just did an investigation into their, um, like to see if they were in accordance with EPA guidelines and, and protocols and they're not like, it's just like, and, it, and it's not just that they're not, it's the things that we've been saying are poisoning our people and poison our community for years are like actually now on paper, mm -hmm. the things that they're allowing. Um, and so we're demanding that both of those industries uh, be removed from community um, and that they need to be shut down. 
Um, so if you want to get involved with that, there's a lot of information online. There's a lot of information on social media everywhere. Um, the East Phillips Neighborhood Institute has been sharing a lot. We're going to be sharing a lot on our um, IPM, the Indigenous Protector Movement pages. Um, and you'll even see some of it uh, coming out in media and in like in the news if you yeah. want to look it up. Um, so we're we're going to need as much support with that as possible. Um, <clears throat> you know, as indigenous people and like our connection to the earth, um, we're going to take a very strong stance on that. But this is something that just doesn't affect only our community, you know, um, yeah. because there's other communities that live here and are affected by those toxins and those pollutions. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to need as many of us as possible to stand together against that. We'll definitely link to the Indigenous Protectors website um, yeah. in the mm -hmm. podcast description. Um, this will be video with captions, and then it will also be broadcast on the radio as well. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll do our best to um, get the word out yeah, absolutely. about that and would love to be involved. So Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. What time is it going to be at tomorrow? It's it's at 5 p.m. tomorrow. 5 p.m. Yeah, I would like mm -hmm. to come to that. Maybe if we could come to that together. Yeah, let's let's look at our let's look at our calendars. Yep. Yeah, the conference I'm going to should be over well before that. Great. Um, Rachel, one question that we um ask all of our guests is if you have any jokes. Is there a is there a good joke you'd like to share um with our with our audience? I don't know. I'm not really <laughs> I don't really normally have like have jokes on just standby. That's not really my forte. Yeah. Um yeah, sorry. I don't oh, <laughs> um but uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, we're definitely going to get the word out there. We uh, look forward to being more connected. And um, we invite you to um, all of the things that we've got going on in community as well. And would love to um, see you in the streets as well as um, at Bodote and um, some other places here in the very near future. So, Do you know okay. whereabouts the uh, what address Oh, uh, where are you meeting tomorrow? Yeah, that would. Oh. So it's going to be right there in front of um, Bituminous Roadways and Smith Foundry. It's like off of Longfellow and I believe 28th, right next to the Roof Depot. Like it's all like right yeah, there in a little yep, yep, yep. pollution complex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been yeah. hearing so damn much about that. It is disgraceful. Mm -hmm. um is there is there anything else you'd like mm -hmm. to leave um our listeners with um i would just say that i got asked this the question the other day of what gives me hope or inspiration for us to continue doing the work that we do mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and I, I was always taught that we look seven generations back and we look seven generations forward so if we look seven generations back i look at all of our our ancestors that sacrificed so much for us to be where we are today and then i look at the seven generations forward and think about that our time right now is going to impact 
how those future generations live in the kind of world that they live in and just it's our time now to sacrifice like our ancestors did to guarantee that future yeah oh absolutely yeah. thank you i agree mm -hmm. yeah i heard no, i heard please. recently uh when you know where you're from uh you know where you're going yeah. um and i like that too yeah um just to really be grounded in um where we come from and understand that we all live here together and we're all connected you know um mm -hmm. what goes on in, in the community here um in the twin cities and beyond affects all of us so um yeah, yeah thank you for everything that you brought to the show today um, yeah. thank you for everything that you shared and um we'll probably see you tomorrow yeah okay sounds good all right hope so thank you rachel <laughs> thank you thanks bye now have a good one Thanks again to Rachel for the interview tonight. We welcome all of you to get involved with the work of the Indigenous Protector Movement at their Facebook page, which is linked to today's podcast description. You can also find video of today's interview with captions at the YouTube playlist linked to the podcast description. Intro music to today's episode is by Professor X, that's Professor E-X-E, -E. and the outro music for today is by The Hallucination, and it's a song called Sisters. And that about wraps up our episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism where the D word is disability. Thanks for tuning in. How are you? Back with you on Off The Hook Radio. It's DJ Buddha Blaze. You know, electric powwow is going on tonight. That's right, a tribe called Red. Are you going to check them out? Give me a call. Let me know. Let's get into the latest from Nation to Nation.